In the previous words, we spoke about the fact that there were those areas where there was no Messiah, either because of the persecutions the Jewish people faced, and they didn't have the ability to learn each detail from the, their teachers, or because new situations which arose, and therefore they, they hadn't had experience of dealing with that before. And as a result, there was Machlaikas. Let's look at this principle of Machlaikas, argument in Torah, which so much characterizes the Gemara. The Poiskim, the Halacha, and understand why it's not a Bidiyavit, why it's an integral part of Torah. And let's start by explaining it didn't have to be that way. There are those areas of Halacha, there are those principles of Yiddishkeit where there's absolutely no argument. There's absolutely no argument. Either because the areas where there was such a clear Messiah that everybody knows what to do, or because the Torah spells out so clearly what needs to be done, there's no room to argue. And therefore, if we see such a thing as possible, that the areas of halacha, the details, which are unanimously agreed on, then you can understand that if Hashem wanted the whole Torah to be like that, He could have ensured there would be a Messiah about everything. Or, He could have chosen the words to write it in the Torah in a way which is so clear there would be no possibility of misunderstanding. And if that's the case, the corollary is that if there are those areas of the Torah which are not completely clear, and there are those psukim or instructions which can be interpreted in more than one way, then it means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu intended it to be like that. Which means they were purposely left somewhat ambiguous in order to allow the possibility of different interpretation. And the question is why? Let's look at a Gemara. The Gemara says, Rav Yosef, one of the Amoraim from Eretz Yisrael, heard about a certain Amora from Eretz Yisrael. Sorry, Rav Yosef was one of the Amoraim of Bavel. He heard about one of the Amoraim of Eretz Yisrael called Rav Yasser. And he didn't know, was Rav Yasser an Adam Godel or not? Could he accept Rav Yasser's opinion? So the Gemara brings a proof to try and show that Rav Yasser was an Adam Godel. What's the proof that the Gemara brings? There was an argument between Rabbi Yasser and Rabbi Yenison, two Amoraim in Eretz Yisrael, about the meaning of a Pasuk. Rabbi Yasser had one explanation of what the Pasuk meant. Rabbi Yenison had a different explanation for what the Pasuk meant. And says the Gemara, one of the Amoraim who was in the base Medrash at the time, Later that day, met Elio Anovi. And he asked Elio, Elio, what's HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
talking about in Shemaim. And Eliyahu told him that in the, in the Yeshiva Shalmada, in the heavenly Yeshiva, they were discussing that same Posuk. And what did Hashem say? He said, If Yosar Bani, Kacho Oimer. Yoinasan Bani, Kacho Oimer. My son of Yosar explains the Posuk like this, and my son Yoinasan explains the Posuk like that. And now the Gemara brings the words we accustomed to hearing. Eilu ve'elu divrei elokim chaim. Both what this opinion and that opinion said are the words which were spoken by Hashem. Rakhodesh Baruch Hu repeated the opinion of Rav Yosar and the opinion of Rav Yonason. Then the Farshim asked a question. The first time ask a question, and they say that Lahalacha we pass like Rabbi What comes out Lamaskana is more like Rabbi Yonason. And if that's the case, why is this a proof of the greatness of Rabbi Yasser? So, given the story of an argument where we don't even hold like him. So, let's understand. Why does Hashem repeat the opinions of each person? Hashem knows what the Torah is meant to mean. So one person understood right, one person understood wrong. So why should Hashem repeat mistakes? And the answer is that's not the way it works. The Torah was written in a way which lends itself to multiple interpretation. It was written specifically like that. The Torah is far greater than one person or one person's way of understanding. And therefore, the Torah could be understood in many ways. Hashem is great enough to write a Torah which the same words can be interpreted in many different ways. And if it's a valid interpretation, Hashem had that in mind as well. Let's not be surprised by this. We see even a person can do that. We know in the Purim story, Esther invites Homon, her arch enemy, to a party with just herself and Achashverosh. What was Esther thinking? The Gemara gives a number of options. Either she thought she'd trip him up like that, or she thought that this or the Jewish people won't rely on her to be this savior. A number of options. And after all of that, the Gemara again says, one of the Amorai met Eliyahu and Avi. And he asks him, what, did he, what was Esther really thinking when she invited him to the party? Which one was right? And Eliyahu tells him, Esther had all those, all those ideas in mind. She thought of all of them. So yes, even a person can think of a number of different options when they do something. Kalvachem, when Hashem writes the Torah, He took into account every single way it could be explained. And therefore, like we said before, in those areas where Hashem wanted the Torah to be crystal clear, there would be no other possible interpretation Hashem wrote the Torah in such a way 
that there would be no other interpretation. And in those areas, where Hashem wrote the Torah in such a way that it could be explained in different ways, then Hashem understood the possible explanations that He had written, and that's what He had in mind. He had in mind all of them. The Torah means both. The Torah means all. And therefore, if it's a question of Machlokes, of Yasin of Yonison, what does the Pasuk mean? They're both correct. They're both correct. Hashem intended both of those meanings when He wrote the Pasuk. And that's why, so to speak, when Hashem was teaching that same Pasuk in Shemaim, so he said, They're both right. They're both valid interpretations of the Torah. When it comes to Halach, we can only do one thing. So they rules in Psak. The rules in Halacha, a majority, the rules in Halacha of a Sanhedrin, that's what we need to do. But it doesn't discount the validity of the other interpretation. And therefore, in one generation, Sanhedrin can pass in one way. In a subsequent generation, the Sanhedrin can pass in differently. And they'll both be correct. Because both options are valid interpretations of the Torah. And which one has to be kept just depends on, in each generation, how the majority of the Chachamim understood what the Torah was saying. And therefore, we look at arguments not as one party is mistaken. There's a right and a wrong. And one person understood and one person didn't understand. We look at an argument in Torah between two great people, obviously, whether it's Tanoim, Amiraim, Poskim. We look at it as a right and a right. They're both valid interpretations of Torah. The Maisa, practically, we can only keep one. But we look to each one as being a correct interpretation. That's why we need to try and understand both. Try and understand the explanation, the reason, the rationale of the first opinion. And then spend as much effort in trying to understand the logic and the rationale and understanding of the second opinion. And now let's ask the bigger question. Why is it like that? Why is it like that? The Torah has multiple interpretations. And therefore there can be different viewpoints of seeing what the Torah is saying. Radically different to each other, but both correct. To answer this, we have to explain a little bit deeper the concept of the Torah. The concept of the Torah is really the way we understand, so to speak, speak, the Das of Hashem. Now, Hashem's Das is far greater than a human's. How do we even attempt to understand Hashem's Das? That's what we see in the vastness of Torah. 
a person can understand one aspect of Hashem's das. There are many more. And if you can say it in these words, where Hashem wanted a certain mitzvah to achieve, it would achieve in any of the ways that is that, that that could be explained. Yes, each opinion sees a certain vantage point, a certain perspective. And therefore he holds that's the way to become the mitzvah. From Hashem's point of view, if I can say it like this, since they're all possibilities, any one of them would become the mitzvah. It's up to us as people to decide which one we want to take on as halacha. And that's our decision of a rabbi, of a Sanhedrin, whatever it would be, obligates us to follow it a certain way. But Lema'isa, the principle of the halacha, would be fulfilled in any opinion, which is a true opinion of, of how that halacha is meant to be. So yes, we don't look at Machlokas as a right and a wrong. As every second opinion brought in the Gemara, Nebuch, Mr. Bolton was making a mistake. The Gemara wouldn't bring them then. Or as the Gemara sometimes does, we bring an opinion and say it's a mistake. If the Gemara brings two opinions and is happy to leave it as an argument, we understand that they're both possibilities. And therefore, like we said before, if the point of Gemara is to train us, is to train us to understand, so that way we can apply our minds to understand the halacha, So then a big part of that is being able to see different perspectives of a halakha. You might have originally thought the one way. You have to train yourself to see the second side as well. And this is a fundamental point we're going to talk about later. When we talk about learning even, I'll mention it already now. A fundamental point of learning is every stage, every opinion, Every point needs to be understood. The Gemara doesn't ask, so to speak, stupid questions just for the sake of the answer. The Gemara doesn't give opinions just for the sake of being able to disprove them. A person has to apply his mind to understanding the Havamina, the assumption. Why did the Gemara think like that? How could such a, how could such a thing have made sense? And then afterwards, when you've understood what the assumption was, now you have to understand. What's the conclusion? Why did the Gemara change its mind? Why is the the end point, so to speak, better than where it started from? The Gemara brings the Machlekes. You have to understand both opinions. Why did the one opinion hold that? Why did the other one argue with him? Why did he feel his position is more logical? Because if we're looking to develop, so to speak, this ability to see different perspectives, different perspectives in Torah, then a person has to be able to simultaneously focus on each one. The second place we see this idea 
This is the concept of a Bastin. You have to have three people. You have to have three people. And the idea of a Bastin is that there should be differences. And each one should be able to hear his point of view, but then also hear a different point of view. And each one should be able to weigh up. I originally thought like this, and now I see another, and now, and now I see another point of view. Only after a person is able to do that, to see different perspectives, then he can come to some kind of a conclusion. Somebody can only see the first way it seems to him, appears to him. He only sees one way of looking at things. He's missing the breadth of understanding to be able to see the different ways of looking at something. The different points of ways to understand the Hatayr, to understand the Halakha. And then when I have more than one approach, now I can see two options, two valid options. And then I can work on the ability to be able to differentiate and decide between them. But if a person can't see the different options, he only sees one way. And once he's understood one opinion, he doesn't understand anything else. Then he's missing an essential skill in being able to learn. Like the Gemara says many times. A person can have a first impression on how something is when he sees it the first time. Understanding things a certain way because that's his initial way he explained it. But, That's to be a certain process that a person realizes this is not necessarily the right way. I can see a different way which is better. And therefore, the, yes, the framework of halacha, the principles of halacha are pretty much un, un, uniform. Everybody agrees to. Everybody agrees that the malachas on Shabbos, everybody agrees that the five grains can make chametz on Pesach. And many of the fundamental points of the mitzvah, everybody agrees. Everybody agrees with the Psurimah of Shechita. Everybody agrees with the Kinyanimah for Kiddushin. And so on. But within that, there's still room for arguments. Because there's still room for a person to understand. And the room which is given for people to understand, there are as many ways to understand as there are people. Like the Gemara says in Sanhedrin. Just like the faces don't look the same, same thing the way their minds think is not the same. People think differently. And therefore, they understand differently. And therefore, there are different ways of understanding, interpreting, explaining. And the result of it is even the maskana which comes out, will be different too. And the skill to learn is not to discount every other part of you, point of view. And think, this is my way of understanding, so I have my way, let them have theirs. No. The way it's meant to work is I want to understand 
Is my way of understanding necessarily correct? Maybe it's a mistake. And therefore, it's not enough just to have a different idea. It has to work. It has to make sense. It has to fit the text. It has to fit the logic. I can't find any contradictions to it. And if it's gone through all that scrutiny, and it still may, it still stands, okay, then it can be accepted. It's a valid interpretation. But if it doesn't stand up to that rigorous analysis, then yes, people can make mistakes. That's the yourself to learn. Not everything a person necessarily thinks is correct. A person has to work hard to verify that his way of understanding that is a valid way of understanding. But when that's been done, then that's a, a, one of the many ways of learning Torah. One of the many interpretations that were in the Torah. So come back to our question. We asked, what was the proof of if Yasa was an Adam Gadol? From an argument where we pass could not like him. And the answer is, Dafka there we see a proof. Rabbi Vyasa had his, his way of learning. And even if it's not the way we paskin, but we see Rabbi Vyasa was of enough stature that the way he learned was correct. And therefore it warranted Hashem saying, It wasn't just a mistake. Rabbi Vyasa's way of learning was act good enough that that was verified, so to speak. Proclaimed by Hashem to be a way of learning the Torah. There's another point. Even in areas where we know what the halacha is, even in our cases where the end result is clear, the Gemara will ask, well, what's the source? What's the reason? And here again, there's room for understanding. It's room for understanding. And that's encouraged. That's encouraged. Every person is meant to understand the Torah their way. There's even a Chazal, which says that there is many ways of understanding the Torah as there are Jewish Nishamas. And therefore, everybody is entrusted with the mission. Understand the Torah. But if you're understanding it with your mind, and with the abilities Hashem gave you, it's going to come out different. Not in a major way. But there will be those nuances of understanding which each person is unique. Now we're not yet talking about a person developing their personal approach. We'll get there. But the important part of learning how to learn is learning how to see different sides of a topic. Learning how to look at a certain situation from different angles. A certain a certain pasuk, a certain halacha with different eyes. Because it's only when a person is able to see multiple layers of meaning and every word in the Torah. 
then it's possible for him to understand on his own, or with his own mind, his approach to learning Torah. This is still a stage to develop. But when we're still starting off learning, and we're looking to see a Gemara, and we're looking to see an argument, the idea is to understand both sides. And if it would be the step after the Gemara, we're talking about the Rishonim, and there's a Machlokas between Rashi and Tosfos. So here also, we're looking to understand them both. We're looking to understand Rashi. We're looking to understand Tosfos. Why does Tosus not say like Rashi? Tosus will often tell you. He has proofs. What does Rashi do about those proofs? Why does Rashi not say like Tosus? He actually doesn't tell you. He came before Tosus. But you have to think about it. It was also an option which you could have considered. Why didn't he want to go that route? When you talk about you and later, we'll go into more detail on all these... How to do this exactly. On the, how to how to build differences, but for now the important point to talk about is why it's necessary that they're there. Why it's necessary that they're there. The person who learns the halacha book, whichever one it will be, which just presents maskonas, do this, don't do that. This is the halacha, this is not. Is only learning a one-sided view of things. It might be what we do. It might be correct. When it comes to Action, we have to follow the shetza, which is the halacha, which we keep, and that's what we do. But if a person is looking to learn how to learn, then he has to be able to learn how to see things from more than one perspective. Why? Because These are both true and correct interpretations of the Torah. Because if they wouldn't be, as we began, the Torah wouldn't be written in a way which could be interpreted like that. Hashem could have written it more clearly. If it was written like that, then it was meant to be understood like that. And therefore, we look at Machlokas. Not so much Machlokas of historically what happened. That interests us less. We look at at Machlokas as, what does the Torah say? How we went to understand what the Torah tells us. This is the Yisraeli we wanted to talk about today. Firstly, the fact that this Machlokas doesn't take away from the fact that there was a Messiah. There was a tradition. Torah didn't need to reinvent, so to speak, the Torah in every door. And we spoke about it in the previous year. And secondly, even in those areas where there wasn't a Messiah, and that's why there was a disagreement, but there's value to disagreement. It wasn't just the argument of I think like this and you think like that. It's a different way of understanding the Torah. And therefore, they're both correct. The amount of Machlokas increases the Torah. And this is the Pshat. I'll finish with this. The Maimra of Chazal, the Msang of Chazal, which is well known. And that is Tamilik Chachamim Marbim Shalom Ba'ilam. Tamilik Chachamim increased peace in the world. Shanamar Machal Banayach Limuda Yashem 
There's much peace between you. Why? The Chassam Sefer says that the words Rav Shalom is Gematria Machlokus. Lots of Shalom is not Gematria Machlokus. How does that make sense? Because Tamilich Echamim Nal. That when we argue in a halacha, we argue in the parish of a pasuk. It's not that one of us is right and one of us is wrong. We're exploring two ways of learning the Torah. And therefore, together we're building more. We're building your way of thinking, my way of thinking. There's a Bayad's understanding, there's Rav's understanding. There's Rabbi Yehuda's understanding, Rabbi Meir's understanding. And they're both right. They're both right. They're both parts of the Torah. And if that's the case, we marry him Shalom. The Machlokas. And the ability to see differences adds to the amount of Torah knowledge. It adds to our understanding of Torah because each person contributes the way they understand. And then now we have a number of ways of learning the Torah. So everybody gains. We're all working to increase the amounts and understanding of the Torah.